This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. Welcome aboard The Adam Ritz Show. My name is Adam Ritz and Jay Baker's on the phone. Jay, how's it been, man? How are you? Man, uh, it's been a great week, and I am excited about today's show. Well, I wanted to start uh, with uh, support of the zoo uh, system in America. I had uh, the chance to go to the Cincinnati Zoo recently, and uh, I looked it up. It was a great zoo. I looked it up. It's the 10th best zoo in America. And if you are traveling this summer or the end of the summer here and you want to go check out a a zoo where you're at, uh, it's an easy search on your uh, Google machine. Look up the top zoos in America. Everybody uh, usually agrees San Diego is in the top spot. The National Zoo in Washington, D.C. is up there. Uh, Oddly enough, Toledo in Toledo, Ohio has one of the top zoos in America. St. Louis is up there. Um, the Lincoln Park Zoo in Chicago is a free zoo. As a matter of fact, it's in the top 10. Uh, Cincinnati was great. And uh, there's a zoo that uh, has been in the news this week in northeastern Tennessee because of the giraffe that was just born there. Did you hear about this this week? I heard there is a giraffe, and aren't they having a contest to name said giraffe? They probably are because uh, this giraffe is is maybe – the most famous giraffe that's that's been born of late because it doesn't have any spots. I'll be darned. It is a spotless giraffe. Uh, and, and they're saying it's the only one in the world. Uh, the pictures, uh, we'll put a picture on uh, uh, online with this uh, show. If you go to adamritzshow.com, you'll be able to find all of our previous shows in podcast form, including this one you're listening to, with a few pictures and links involved. And so we'll have a picture of this giraffe. Uh, and it looks, I mean, there's no mistaking it's a giraffe. It's just, it's got the, the long neck. I don't know if you're aware, but giraffes have uh, very long necks. And I've seen pictures, yes. They're uh, famous for the neck and for the, the spots, much like... Uh, uh, a fingerprint. There is there is no two spotted giraffe with the same uh, spot outline or pattern. Uh, they are their fingerprints. So uh, this giraffe, ha- I guess, in essence, has no fingerprints. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's just something somewhat unexpected, isn't it? So this giraffe may be uh, born into an immediate life of crime because they'll be able to get away with everything with no uh, fingerprints. They'll be easily identifiable, though. It's the giraffe with no spots. Oh, you mean Charlie from Tennessee? <laughs> so support your uh, your zoo, your nearby zoo. I know uh, where I live. There's a zoo in our town, and there's one a uh, couple hours up the road in the next big town. I mean, there's zoos all over. They are fun and educational, uh, and really get your um, your appreciation for nature and for animals uh, really really going. And if you have a chance to go to that Cincinnati Zoo, if you're in the Midwest. Uh, uh, or even on the western part of the northeast, that's not that bad of a drive. And Cincinnati's a great weekend town. I know you uh, went to college near there, didn't you? You love Cincinnati. I did. I do. I love Cincinnati. I even worked there a couple of years in radio. It was I w- fun. I went to uh, made a weekend of it. I went to a Reds game, the Cincinnati Reds, went to the zoo. Uh, so American travel, road. the road trip is not dead. And uh, it supports the economy, so... 
we support zoos and road trips and uh and hopefully you do too now did you get an opportunity for many years the cincinnati zoo was known for its white bengal tigers you know i that came up because we did not see a bengal uh we we saw they had white spotted were they spotted yeah 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 white spotted leopards Ah. And, and you know, maybe I'm confused, but they, they did look like tigers. Because I remember I, I said to Melissa, I go, I really like those white tigers. And she goes, those weren't tigers. Those were white spotted leopards. And then later in the day, after we, you know, traversed the entire campus of the zoo, we did not see a Bengal. And how can you mm-hmm. have the Cincinnati Zoo without a Cincinnati Bengal? With the you NFL think, franchise, yes. right? There. Now, maybe we missed it. Maybe we weren't paying attention. Maybe they did have one, but I, I did not see a Bengal. They might have had the weekend off. <laughs> you never know. You know, not everybody works seven days a week like Jay Baker. <laughs> That's right. That's um, right. You know, I wanted to hit this story, too. Cole Hauser is uh, an actor, uh, most famous recently for his role in um, the popular television series Yellowstone. Have you been watching Yellowstone? I love Yellowstone. I'm a little disappointed that they've split up this season five, but I do love it. And Cole Hauser plays a very cool character. Really? Uh, Rip. Rip Wheeler. Rip. He's, a, he's a rough and tumble, oh. tough guy, cowboy with a beard and a cowboy hat. And he doesn't take oh. any uh, stuff from anybody. And he, uh, what, What's his rule? Uh, you're not allowed to fight. And if you do fight, you have to fight him. That's Ooh, his rule. Yes. Well, he's, I don't uh, think if you've ever had a problem in your life, you need to rip on your side. You, you will not go wrong. You will not be uh, hurt if you've got a rip uh, on your side if you're in a, <laughs> a country bar fight. Uh, <laughs> so he's uh, doing uh, the real Cole Hauser, not Rip. Um, the real person that plays Rip is hosting a bourbon and bonfire series. And it started a few weeks ago up in Montana. That's where the show takes place uh, uh, on the ranch in Yellowstone. And so he uh, actually rented a bunch of uh, RVs and and went to Montana and uh, has this uh, event, Bourbon and Bonfires, where you sit around a bonfire and drink bourbon with Cole Hauser. And the proceeds go to charity. So it's a really cool thing. If you're into that show or into nature or, you know, the mountain life and uh, connecting with Mother Earth, uh, it's something to maybe look into. He's doing it in Texas uh, and some other sites uh, throughout um, the Rocky Mountain area, Colorado, Wyoming, maybe. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a charity event. Uh, the money is going to a great cause, and it's a chance to hang out with Rip Wheeler from Yellowstone. I think that's so cool that he knows how popular that character is. I mean, duh. I mean, Yellowstone apparently was the number one TV event. Uh, Eclipse, many of the records that The Sopranos made uh, with, uh, you know, on HBO. So, yes, Yellowstone has been a phenomenon. And how how cool is it to lend your famous character to an event that raises money for charity? It's pretty cool. And... You know, if you're sitting fireside with Rip, uh, you'd almost have to get into a fight 
with him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You'd have to just just to get your money's worth. I mean, it's all for charity. You might as well sure. get your get your butt kicked. And if just by chance you catch him on an off night and you kick his butt, what a great story to tell your grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, well, Adam, we're we're you know the weather and all kinds of things have been very interesting of late. It's been very hot in much of the United States, so it's kind of hard to think about fall, but fall really is just around the corner. You and I have worked uh, in radio for many years, and what's our favorite thing to say about fall? Uh, oh my gosh, you're putting me on the spot here. I Well, um, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot too much. Give me a hint. You and I, don't, I, don't, you and I laughed that every radio commercial this time of year oh, begins with yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's beginning to be that time of year it's again. that time of year that's right it's every that time of year everything on the air from you're talking pumpkin spice lattes pumpkin spice anything really pumpkin spice pop tarts and cereal sure. and anything you can think pumpkin spice sandwiches uh oh, between yes. that and football and then, then the the holiday run of halloween thanksgiving christmas coming up uh, it's that time of year. Well, and our very good friends at Starbucks have fired up the pumpkin spice latte. So they're sort of much like, uh, you know, Memorial Day for summer and things like that. Uh, it's not fall until Starbucks says it is. And they uh, uh, are <laughs> launching the pumpkin spice latte uh, all this week at uh, their uh, Starbucks locations, and I, I hadn't really thought of it in these terms, but uh, it's the article said the PSL is back, the pumpkin spice latte. I never think of it as the PSL, but I like that. It makes it sound so official, doesn't it? It, it really does, the PSL. I mean, in a lot of circles, that is, in and of itself, the same exact thing as pumpkin spice latte, PSL. In fact, PSL. Uh, where I uh, work out, they are actually doing a PSL workout in honor of pumpkin spice latte season. And I believe they're uh, assigning the words power, strength, and uh, what would be the L in the world of fitness? Power, strength, and uh, I don't know, longevity? Um, some sort of PSL workout, power, strength workout. And they're calling it I the know, PSL uh, in honor of the po- pumpkin spice latte. I know nap begins with an N, so they probably weren't referring to that. That's not the Jay Baker workout. Uh, the Power Spice Nap. The Power Spice Nap, yeah. The, the, uh, this is the 20th year that the PSL, as we are now officially calling it, has been part of the Starbucks lineup, making it Starbucks' most popular seasonal drink. And you may say to yourself, what's in a pumpkin spice latte? Most people kind of figured what it is, but it's made with espresso, steamed milk, and cinnamon, nutmeg, and clove topped with whipped cream and pumpkin spice. I admit, I I get at least one. And I don't say it's my favorite uh, flavor. I'm not a big fan of pumpkin pie. Uh, but you know what? It's It's... That time of year, Jay. It's that time of year. And when it starts cooling off and football's on the TV, I will have a pumpkin spice latte, and I'll enjoy it. Yeah, and here's what's interesting, and I hadn't thought about this, but you can get it hot, which I think most people do, but you can get it iced. Ooh, 
Oh, okay. I've I, never, never mm, heard of that. No, I don't know about that. I, I'm that not seems sure. to be, as we like to say, non-traditional. No, yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to just. I'm going to keep with the hot. <laughs> there you go. Now you know, Adam, that if you decide to go into show business or music, what are your parents going to yell at you? They're going to yell, "Get a real job." Get that's a job. Not, yeah, get a real job. Well, believe it or not, uh, there is a long list of rock and rollers who had some very interesting careers, most of them in education. So they had the real jobs on top of their rock and roll stardom. Sting was a teacher before forming the band The Police. Really? That kind of uh, maybe explains the song Don't Stand So Close to Me (laughs) from a, a teacher perspective. Okay. Yeah. And uh, believe it or not, Gene Simmons, a uh, famous bass player for Kiss, was a sixth grade teacher in New York City. Now, I don't know about you, but Gene's a pretty imposing character. So you imagine those sixth graders were toeing the line. Did he have to leave after he set uh, a few of those sixth graders on fire accidentally? <laughs> That'd be great. My teacher is spitting fire and blood. <laughs> you know, I honestly, I had no idea he was a sixth grade teacher. Either did I. I thought this was a kind of a cool list. Queen guitarist uh, Brian May has a Ph.D. in astrophysics, so he's actually Dr. Brian May. Yep, that's that's been famously documented uh, in the film Bohemian Rhapsody. Dire Straits frontman Mark Knopfler was a college professor. Didn't know that either. That's cool. Did not know that. Dennis DeYoung of Styx was a music teacher. And Joe Satriani used to teach guitar. That is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, you know, I, he's, I, he's a great guitar player anyway, but uh, that's kind of cool. I found out uh, something interesting since we're talking about this. Uh, Jeff Skunk Baxter, who was uh, a guitarist for the Doobie Brothers, and uh, he was also a guitarist in Steely Dan. He, uh, post-Doobie Brother days... He threw a series of just weird coincidences and relationships with his neighbor who knew somebody that knew somebody with the government. Jeff Skunk Baxter became a consultant with the United States government, I, I, like a weapons consultant. Like he That's kn- why I've heard, yes, that he, his background was such that they actually hired him as a contractor. And, and that's just... Uh, Phenomenal! It's just so amazing. You think about Brian May from Queen. He's a a a, doc, a, a professor, a doctorate, has his uh, PhD in astrophysicist. Is that what you said? Astro, astrophysics. Yeah, astrophysics. Or, yeah, astrophysics. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and Jeff Skunk Baxter. I mean, how it's not cool enough that you were in Steely Dan and the Doobie Brothers, but you were also. A, a contract employee of the United States defense system. No. Can you imagine you're just sitting around chatting with somebody and you go, yeah, I play guitar in Steely Dan and I, I know a lot about U S weapon systems. Somebody would go, yeah, sure you do. They're like, you really know Doobie brothers. And you're like, hold on. I've got a call coming in from the president of the United States of America. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to be busy here. Hey, speaking of busy, they're going to be looking for the Loch Ness Monster. They're gathering again 
in Scotland at the famous Loch Ness. Now, what makes the Loch Ness kind of mysterious? I should have looked this up before we went on the air, but it's an extraordinarily deep lake. So anything about a legendary monster from that lake is going to prompt a lot of people to get excited about it. As you probably know, there have been a couple of sightings of the Loch Ness Monster. Most of them have been debunked. But apparently it was 90 years ago that a hotel manager witnessed what he called a water beast in Loch Ness. Is that, and that's what started it all. And is that the 90 years ago, the famous picture, the black and white you photo? Know, yeah, I don't know what actual year the black and white photo is from, That, but if you look up Loch Ness anything, it will always produce that photo in a search. And, you know, the, the photo looks pretty real in my opinion, but the, apparently it has been debunked. And is is her name Bessie? Is, uh, good, good question. I think it is Bessie, I, yes. Someone named her Bessie, and, uh, and they're going to look for her uh, now. This, is, this yes. has been, the case files have been reopened. I wonder, yes, hundreds of people are expected to participate in the Quest weekend hunt. So this article is not specific about whether it's this particular weekend or next weekend, because if you suddenly decide, hey, I got to get to Scotland, I don't want to mess up your travel plans. Can you imagine if they find find it? I mean, the the deep waters are frightening. People are, I, I'm one oh, of yeah. them, are so afraid of what is actually living that deep underwater. It makes um, pe- it creeps people out. It creeps no, I me think out. you're absolutely correct about that. And I'm just um, like I, I kind of I hope that I hope they don't find it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't need any more nightmares. Well, you always think too, you know. I like for those of us that you know love to, uh, you know, travel to the ocean. You know, I always swim in the ocean. Don't think anything of it. But you know, it's one thing if you're swimming in the Gulf of Mexico or along the coast of Florida. You know, when you get out where the water's maybe ten feet deep, and then you come back. Well, you and I know the ocean is pretty deep, as are a number of lakes, including Loch Ness. And you always go, I wonder what's in here with me. Yeah, it's frightening. (laughs) Yeah, the volunteers from around the world will be uh, participating both in person and online. They have hired a Loch Ness exploration company that will be using drones with infrared cameras and also some underwater detection gear. So they're going to look over the top of the water and underwater to see if they can actually find the Loch Ness monster. Sounds like a lot of people are going to make some money. Well, you and I know that part of it you would go as a sense of adventure. I might go just because Scotland has some really good whiskey. Uh, you know, so everybody's got their reason <laughs> to go. You know, <laughs> I might just sit, uh, you know, uh, bayside and just go, uh, good luck, Bessie. It's a good, good excuse, a good way to get uh, a little vacation out of it. Uh, no, seriously, Absolutely. honey, it's for science. I have to go. It's science, yeah. You know, so a lot of T-shirts will be printed up over the weekend. Here's a kind of a cool story, just because this could really affect the landscape of how we interact with businesses. But Taco Bell and a number of fast food chains could switch to digital-only sales. And they're basically saying that uh, 
Customers would order through apps, websites, or in-store kiosks. So that may actually bypass your interaction with the clerk. Now, who do you um, complain to when the toppings on your on your taco or your sandwich are incorrect? Do you just start screaming at a machine? Uh, doesn't a, a robotic figure dressed as a Taco Bell manager appear from the back room? It should be just like a video <laughs> uh, display of a of a yes. person with just some automatic prompts. They can read the, your facial express, expression and know that they forgot the sour cream. <laughs> Well, it'd be kind of like a Max Headroom kind of visual experience, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. sure. And they would use the voice of Jim Carrey. So no matter how <laughs> loudly you complain, it would, you know, the the computer would just be all righty then, you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, I thought this was really interesting. And the reason why this brought this up is, as you well know, Taco Bell, extremely popular for a number of reasons. A, they have very tasty food, and it's also a go-to food item for people that get hungry after 11 p.m. We've always chatted about that. But uh, since Pizza Hut and KFC are aligned with Taco Bell, they said this really will involve a lot of different restaurants. And uh, the Yum Corporation, which owns Taco Bell, has already said they've been testing AI to take drive-through orders. So the land, the landscape, it is a changing. I mean, that's not good for the workforce. Well, yeah, you know, you're absolutely correct about that. It does affect the workforce, but you know, people that are a little more learned than I sometimes point out, uh, you know, that's not necessarily the the perfect job. It would maybe allow these companies then to as you said uh accentuate more about food preparation or you know actually running the restaurant in a management capacity and then these kiosks would free up because many times you know this would be considered an entry-level job and not necessarily a heavily sought after job Mm -hmm. and i guess i can't discount the the jobs it will create for you know, the coding and the uh, technical yeah. people that will have to design and create and build and produce these uh, these machines and kiosks and apps. Well, and the guy that will have to rebuild the kiosk when the order is incorrect, you know, because somebody will be very upset that the sour cream did not arrive on the burrito. And they'll punch said kiosk and they'll have to send yes. out a technician to fix the screen. <laughs> somebody that's very learned in electronics will come out and fix everything. Yes. I think so. Now, you were at a zoo not too long ago, and uh, this is a a story that I I think uh, would be heartwarming because this involves an animal that was rescued. A baby wallaby has been rescued on, of all places, the Coney Island Boardwalk. Hmm. And what is a wallaby? A wallaby is, uh, according to this article, uh, a cousin of the kangaroo so apparently a wallaby looks very similar to a kangaroo i guess sort of a a two-thirds size kangaroo (laughs) okay and they saved (laughs) one uh on the boardwalk coney island yeah it appears to be healthy and happy uh and has been taken to a wildlife uh preserve 
where the little guy is currently living. He was uh, taken from a man on Saturday who was leading it around on the boardwalk where tourists often take pictures with exotic animals. So this guy kind of got the wise idea. Hey, if I have a baby wallaby with me, I can sell opportunities for people to take pictures with it. So is there a, is that a legal problem? Is he uh, being yes, charged? Yes, it is. Oh. Yes, it is. Uh, the same man was uh, uh, apparently earlier parading around another park in New York with the wallaby. This the a guy with a wallaby on a leash. That's going to stand out no matter what city you're in. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, hopefully he had some plastic baggies with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's uh, bad enough to see the guy walking the dog uh, without yeah, a plastic bag. You got wallaby, a you yeah. got a baby wallaby on a leash. Uh who knows what their schedule is. Uh yeah, know your wallaby laws before you yes. have the grandiose idea of charging $10 a picture to take uh, a photo with your wallaby. That's right. The police got the wallaby back and gave the guy a ticket. So hopefully this guy will learn that it's not wise to be hopping around with a wild animal because sincerely, uh, this uh, is an animal that uh, two thirds of the wallabies in the world live in Australia. The other third live in South America, but apparently one made it to the Big Apple. I will be darned. Wallaby. Wallaby, absolutely. And uh, our uh, our final story, I think this is uh, pretty darn cool. A guy, uh, a Western Minnesota teen, is getting high praise after making an unusual catch. 14-year-old Connor Halsa was fishing at the lake during his family's summer vacation in the northern part of the state when he managed to reel in what he thought was a fish, but it turned out to be a wallet. Oh, I thought you were going to say a wallaby. <laughs> it was a wallaby. Imagine the tie-in where they found an aquatic wallaby. Very rare, by the way. That And that is also illegal to take a picture with a water wallaby. <laughs> a so he, water he caught wallaby, a wallet yes. uh, fishing. I can't wait to see where this is going. Well, this is a great story because the wallet, believe it or not, had $2,000 in it. So you would think, now most 14-year-old kids that reeled in a wallet with 2000 bucks in it would be going, man, I'm going to be eating a lot of ice cream this summer. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but the uh, family found a business card inside the wallet. They called the number, and that eventually led them to an Iowa farmer. So how did an Iowa farmer... Uh, loses wallet in western minnesota well this is a great endorsement for people to go to iowa and start farming if you if you yes. got two thousand dollars <laughs> in your wallet that's a pretty good job yeah that's a well-to-do farmer but uh jim denny uh lost his wallet in the lake a year earlier so think about this he lost his wallet in the lake a year earlier and he thought he'd never see it again and here's the cool part. Here's this 14-year-old kid. He turned down a cash reward. I like this kid. This is exactly what we like to honor on uh, this public affairs radio show. The kid's got integrity. He's got honor. Uh, and that karma will have to come back in his favor someday soon. 
Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, apparently, Jim Denny, the Iowa farmer, did eventually talk the teen into accepting dinner and the gift of a personalized cooler. Uh, and uh, Mr. Denny said he would be very proud to have someone like Connor Halsa be his grandson because he goes, the kid, exactly what you just said, showed a lot of integrity because that's a lot of money. Tons of money. Uh, not only for a 14-year-old kid, I mean, for for me, that's a ton of money. Yeah. That's, I, you know, and the other moral of the story here is that when you go fishing with $2,000 in your wallet, keep your wallet keep an eye on your wallet i'd love to know the exact scenario when that wallet left his pocket and ended up at the bottom of the lake well i'm with you i think there is probably a heck of a backstory on this and i would you know this this is public affairs radio but i'm going to get some very colorful words escape mr denny's lips as his wallet containing two thousand dollars submerged before his eyes he may not have even known it until he got home that it fell out That's of his possible. pocket what if you're on a, a little fishing boat and your wallet fell out and you saw it hit the water and start to sink would you dive in after it you know i think if it had two thousand dollars in it i would certainly <laughs> give it a try <laughs> i mean i would ex- i would expend some effort to try to retrieve it <laughs> i am not the strongest swimmer and i can't open my eyes underwater but i would i would jump in and swim straight down and just start holding hold my breath as long as i could and feel around the muck until i found a wallet <sighs> now what would suck is if you, you found a wallet you came back up and it wasn't yours and there was no, no money it wasn't. in it. <laughs> it was someone else's wallet yeah <laughs> that's pretty funny so yes if you find a wallet while fishing check inside someone might be very happy to get their wallet back all right jay great stuff thank you everybody for climbing aboard and listening this week uh for more information head to our site adamritzshow.com the adam ritz show is recorded live in studio at the vibonomics worldwide headquarters learn more about the vibonomics audio out of home marketplace at vibonomics.com For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit adamritzshow.com.